Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On this podcast, we keep trying to make sense out of this economy. It is confusing, and there are a number of contradictory signals. On today's show, we're taking a look at why there appears to be a labor shortage. We keep hearing about the so-called labor shortage, and politicians and the Fed keep pointing to the historically low unemployment rate. So where did all the people go? There was not a labor shortage before the pandemic, although we did have historically low unemployment back in 2019. According to the National Federation of Independent Businesses' monthly jobs report, 44%, and that number seasonally adjusted, of all owners reported job openings they could not fill in the current period, down one percentage point from April, but still 20 percentage points higher than the 49-year average reading. The percentage of owners reporting labor quality as their top small business operating problem remains elevated at 24%, and 10% of owners reported labor costs as their single most important problem. Overall, 63% reported hiring or trying to hire in May. Of those hiring or trying to hire, 89% of owners reported few or no qualified applicants for the position they were trying to fill. 31% of owners reported few qualified applicants for their open positions, and 24% reported none. The law of supply and demand says supply will appear if the price is right, that is, wages in this case. Businesses have raised wages and benefits to attract workers, but even that doesn't always help. You can't get blood from a turnip, and you can't hire workers that don't exist. Now think about how this affects inflation. On the one hand, higher wages needed to attract workers in this economy puts more money in their pockets, which adds to consumer demand. That's inflationary. But the inability to hire also keeps businesses from expanding. Lacking staff, they don't open new stores, they don't set up new assembly lines, and so on. That holds back GDP growth, which is ultimately disinflationary, though it might first add to inflation pressure by reducing supply. So you might wonder why we lack workers. Economists have been debating that for a couple of years now, and several things contribute, but the single biggest factor seems to be early retirements. COVID inspired a cohort that was already nearing retirement to leave the labor force earlier than planned. We also need to remember there's still a large cohort of folks that are experiencing the effects of COVID-19, specifically long COVID. They're still of working age, but they're unable to work. Researchers at the St. Louis Fed recently tried to model the impact considering the relative levels of pay for various demographic groups and their available Social Security benefits and other retirement income. They estimated the U.S. has about 2.4 million excess retirees above the normal pace. If correct, that's almost enough to explain the drop in participation rates. The labor shortage is hard to solve because it's mainly demographic. Birth rates fell after the baby boom generation, and those folks are retiring. In the U.S., Canada, Germany, we partially cushion the impact with immigration. Other countries like Japan, Russia, Korea, and China, they didn't, so their problems are going to be even worse. The inflation surge over the past two years has substantially eroded the purchasing power of wages. It would be unreasonable to expect that wage earners would not at least try to catch up, particularly since labor markets remain very tight. In a number of countries, wage demands have been rising. We saw protests throughout Europe in the fall of 22. That seems like a distant memory now. If we do see protests in Europe, they're likely to erupt first in France or Italy. If wages do catch up, the key question will be whether companies absorb the higher costs or whether they pass them on. That's something we haven't seen for a long time. My generation clearly experienced it in the 1970s and 80s, 
and somewhat into the 1990s. I remember the wage and price controls of the 1970s and the early 1980s. If we are indeed in a slowdown, we can expect lower sales volume to mean businesses would lower prices in order to stimulate demand. And so far, we are seeing commodity prices falling, but not necessarily the prices of finished goods. We're in a strange place where demand is still willing to pay extra. It's going to be difficult to look at past models and try and predict the future based on them. The Fed seems to be fixated on a return to a 1970s-style wage-price spiral. And there's no proof that raising interest rates does anything to reduce inflation. Raising interest rates doesn't influence the price of eggs, nor the price of a barrel of oil. Yet that is the playbook that's being used. Raising interest rates won't cause businesses to stop hiring. We're at a moment in time when something has happened in the economy. And what has happened is merely a fact. We have low unemployment. The problem is the narrative that's being used to describe what happened. Is the narrative indeed accurate? Or is the low unemployment rate really indicative of a hot economy? Is it showing an economy that's about to experience a drop in production and a drop in consumption? Why a drop in consumption? Well, because people who are retired, they consume less. They also stop contributing to economic output. They can be thought of as a supply chain shortage to the economy, just like another resource that's holding back the production of goods and services. Lack of labor creates scarcity, just like lack of wood or fuel or iron. There are mixed signals in the economy, and yes, it can be confusing. But when you look at the data in its totality, the signals are clear, at least to me. Our economy is slowing, and it's doing so very clearly. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. 